Good afternoon, Freight World. This is Ted Alling, one of the managing directors at Dynamo, and I'm here at FreightWave Studio in downtown Chattanooga. Uh, I'm here at the Freight Tech Venture Summit, and I got the pleasure of getting to interview one of the founders of Shipwell, one of the smartest guys in logistics, Mr. Greg Price. So welcome to the show, Greg. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Great, great. Well, um, I, I got the opportunity to get to interview you, and I'm, I'm going to throw you a bunch of softballs, but we really, uh, starting out, we want to kind of hear a little bit about yourself, and how did, um, how did an MIT guy get into freight? You know, I, I was at MIT at the time. I was getting my master's and my MBA, and I went to work for McKinsey & Company, which is a rather large management consulting company, and that was my first exposure to the supply chain space. I was working for one of the top oil and gas providers in the world. They have one of the fifth largest supply chains, the top retailer, one of the biggest carriers. And I kept seeing the same problems over and over again. And I realized that there was an opportunity for someone to come in to really bring visibility, automation, and machine learning to the supply chain space. And my background fit really well with that. And I wanted to start a company where I could bring in other amazing people and impact a really large industry. It's it's 5% of GDP. It's the number one job in 29 states. And we thought that we could really come in and make a difference. Awesome. Awesome. So um, we'd love to hear a little bit about your co-founder and the early funding. How did, how did you get this thing off the ground? Well, we started this in 2016. So uh, I, I knew I couldn't do this. This was such a huge, ambitious idea that I knew I needed an amazing co-founder. And so my co-founder, Jason Traff, another MIT guy and a, a Y Combinator alum, he had started and sold another business. He was on the bench and I kept telling him about this massive opportunity. And he was in Austin, very similar uh, person to myself and wanting to go and impact a re really large organization. So we both basically wrote checks out of our 401k to hire the first mm. group of engineers who are still with us to really start to attack this huge problem. And we, you know, I basically sold him on the mission, uh, which was to connect, automate, and optimize the supply chains of the world. And then I took him out one night, I distinctly remember, um, had a few drinks and really talked him into joining what is the founding team of Shipwell. Uh, and I look back on those times, that founding team is still here executing, but we've gone from five to over 140 today. So it's been pretty exciting. That's amazing. All right, so I love asking, I do a lot of uh, coaching of startup teams, and so he's not here to defend himself, but I want to know what would he say pisses him off about Greg, and what does he do about what Greg pisses off about him? What would oh, he say know, about you? What would you say about himself? <laughs> we know each other so well now, so we, we actually work really well together. I'm not sure that we upset each other because we're just so in tune, but uh, I, we are both very direct and we are critical thinkers. So we, we like to make a decision, go and immediately execute on it. I would say if he, uh, he would probably say this about me that, uh, I always think like an engineer almost and think through mm. all the things and need to simplify and cut through what's the really need of that conversation. And what I would say about him is just, uh, completely speaking up, he's got a wonderful mind and he's got awesome opinions and he's got an awesome perspective, and it's usually right. So I'm always trying to get him to make sure to coach and guide the team on that opinion because it's almost always correct. 
Oh, that's awesome. Good, good, good stuff there. So tell me, what is the big opportunity you're going after? There's a lot of freight companies, a lot of startups, a lot of money's pouring into logistics. What, what did you find in 2016 was your key go-to-market strategy? Well, we first started Shipwell to be a analytics and automation platform for supply chain. And we went after market there. I actually started it with some folks that I, that I had done prior business with. And we, we basically looked at their entire transportation and supply chain network. And over the road, or freight, that we talk about here, was one, one component of that. And we realized that the data, the systems, and the visibility and the processes were rather broken. So what Shipwell did and our vision was, can we be this automation, execution, visibility, and intelligence layer for supply chain? Mm-hmm. Could we combine all of these parties together in a single pane of glass with a RESTful API and then give you the tools for all of your folks to really up-level them to make smart decisions in supply chain. So then we we actually started in LTL, e-commerce freight, is where we first thought was the most underserved segment of the market and then really expanded from there. And so Shipwell today now does everything from port, drayage, less than truckload, full truckload, partial last mile, and parcel on our platform. And the next thing, the next logical piece of that, we've got over over 400,000 carriers now plugged into our system. So now people come to us to actually find and, and source capacity. We also serve a lot of logistics service providers and giving them the tools of the next generation of software. But if you were to talk to our customers, fundamentally, we combine three things, this platform, real-time visibility. So we, we can go all the way down into the truck or trailer itself and tell you where something is. And then we pr- pull back all of that information and put it right in front of the decision makers and right in front of your IT systems to make smarter decisions. And we felt like that was the really big, audacious goal that we were going to shoot for, and that's what we're executing on today. That's awesome. So I'm just curious now, what percentage of your business is e-commerce? Well, e-commerce, so we are, we're firmly in the B2B or B2B2C segment. So we have some of the largest companies in the world on our platform. So the largest meal kit company in the world, one of, one of the largest CPG companies. And a, a large percentage of their business now is e-commerce related. And so we estimate it's somewhere between 25 to 35% of the transactions on our platform are e-commerce related. Wow. Um, so you, you mentioned a lot of different modes. What do you think, uh, what's one overlo- overlooked mode in the supply chain that's interesting to ship well today? Well, I think every mode's pretty interesting. They all have their challenges, but for us it's that, can we be this omni-mode, omni-channel solution for our customers? If I had to pick a mode right now, I would say the last mile segment is particularly interesting and really important in today's market. It's how companies are going to compete with the Amazons of the world. And it's, it's everyone's at home, are almost 45% of North America's at home buying good, big, heavy, hard to handle goods. And our goal is, can we bring all of these providers in one place and make a seamless experience for our shippers to manage those shipments? Our, our LSPs to easily connect and manage it, and then our customer experience to say, here's, here's what a heavy, hard to handle over threshold is. If you look at the frag, anytime there's fragmentation or different players or, or different systems, 
there's an opportunity to bring all that place into one. And that's where Shipwell gets really excited because we can produce a ton of value there for our customers. That's awesome. So um, you kind of mentioned you started uh, funding it with your 401k, you and your um, co-founder. What did the uh, rounds look like since then? I'd I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Well, we were lucky. We started it just to get in the initial team, build the initial platform, and we had astronomical revenue growth. We, Mm. We went from uh, we 10 x our, you know, we we went from let's call it uh, around half a million dollars our very first, you know, three months of 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 operating the business. We 10 x it. We 10 x it again, and each one of those rounds, each one of those those phases, we had an amazing investor and partner behind us. So our very first investor was a, a company called First Round Capital. They're a fantastic seed investor well-known. They did, you know, they've done Uber and Flexport and a host of other well-known businesses. And we work with a fantastic partner there, Bill Trenchard, and him and I just immediately aligned. Our next round was done by Fifth Wall, and Vic Chala there did that round. Their LPs are some of the largest warehouses and real estate owners in the world. And that tells you where Shipball wants to go. And our last one was done by fantastic you know, fantastic uh, now fintech business. It's called Georgian, Georgian, and they did our Series B. And so we've raised over fifty million dollars. Uh, we see the opportunity to to really put additional capital to work, uh, especially if we continue at the growth rate that we're seeing right now in the space, and the, and, and the demand keeps up for our products and services. That's fascinating. What? Um... What, do you, what advice would you give? We have a lot of startups tuning in today, always trying to raise money, and you got, you've done it successfully a couple times. What advice would you give to a startup in the logistics space raising their first round? Well, I'm not sure what I can say on air here, but I liken fundraising to dating. It's a story <laughs> of, uh, it's a story of uh, you, you've got to be attractive. You've got to know, you've got to either... You, You've got to make sure that you've got a really big vision in front of you. You've got to have a team that can go and execute. And you've got to have the ability to get the other person on the other side of the table to push the I believe button, especially when you're in your infancy. And you really got to pay attention that you're going to, you're going to try to find product market fit. So you're going to have to stay at it for a while. And everyone thinks they understand supply chain and they start off very simply like, oh, we're going to create this type of experience when reality, that experience has existed in many different forms. So you're going to have to specialize, find that niche that you can go and own and then run with that niche. Then show those amazing metrics to these investors on how you're going to grow that. Now it's going to be a multi-billion dollar opportunity. Because you always have to think, on the other side of the table, they're looking at you like you're a zero or you're a one. Mm -hmm. And are you a one on that other side of the table or not? And that, that was gold, honestly. Uh, I'm an investor in, in logistics startups, and I'm going to like splice that, that in uh, send it to all the folks that I, in, our, in our portfolio. Um, I'm just curious, since COVID, what's work uh, from home look like for Shipwell? How have you guys tackled that? What uh, sort of opportunities you've seen on it? What sort of, um, what's your hiring strategy? I'd love just to hear a little bit what you, how you guys have adapted the last six months. Well, our, our first priority was to our Shipwellians, our and then our customers and stakeholders. So March 6th, we were doing a trial run. We were going to send everyone work from home and our systems and, and IT is in the cloud. 
all of our customers, we reached out to them. So we, you know, we have managed trans offerings on our platform. So we wanted to make sure that there was going to be absolutely zero disruption in Shipwell. And we we saw zero disruption. We we sent everyone home March 6th and our primary concern was safety. So we have not been back to the office. And because we were growing, we actually have multiple offices in Austin, Chicago, and elsewhere. And no one's been back to the office, uh, except very few people that don't have ideal working from home arrangements. So we we had to adjust some things. When you're managing a logistics business and you're managing a, a, a software and services business, you have to make sure nothing is interrupted. Our systems are mission critical. So we had to make sure that everything from now how we deploy, how we communicate, how we brainstorm and innovate isn't going to be impacted for us being at home. So it was a, there was some business process change. Uh, an interesting stat for us was because we were growing so fast, we most of our engineers, product, service, and operations folks were either in Chicago or Austin, almost 95% of them. Now we're in over 22 states. We've literally gone remote forward. And we think that that's going to be the new way of working in the future. And our customers are going to want businesses that are resilient, remote forward, and bring this diverse set of ideas. So we focus a lot there as well. How do you... Um... Sounds like you guys have got a super innovative culture, rocket growth. How do you keep that culture when you hire a new engineer in, you know, in Chattanooga, Tennessee? What, how, does that, how do you translate that and how do you get them onboarded to Shipwell's culture? Well, we're very proud of the culture that we've built. We, we actually have what we call core behaviors and we have six of them. And we don't have core values. We have these behaviors, things that you do and say and things that you can measure because those actually create those core values. So when we when you look at supply chain, it's it's not a very diverse group of folks. And one one of the things that my co-founder and I realized very early on is that we we thought that the culture can be one of the things that could be improved most about supply chain. And meaning you need to bring diversity, you need to bring better ideas, you need to bring technology, you need to bring, and more importantly, you need to bring that diversity of thought and ideas and women to the to the to to the front and center of supply chain, and we just didn't see that from other companies uh, and other brokerages and other organizations in the space. So right now we are we are over thirty nine percent underrepresented minorities and women in our space, and we're we're saying that's not good enough. We need to be even better. So we focus a lot on those core behaviors, what we what we do, and how those translate into our values, and then we focus on actual diversity, and it's really, really tough. Uh, but luckily, my people ops team is doing a fantastic job at that. Awesome. Well, that's all the time we have today. Greg, I've really appreciated hearing the Shipwell story. You've made me a fan. You guys are doing some great things out there. Keep up the good work. Hey, for all the FreightWaves uh, folks watching the Freight Tech Venture Summit, thank you for tuning in, and uh, have a great afternoon, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, take care.